today is a day of celebration. Today, yeah, Woo. because our God is able. It's been a great weekend. God, Daddy's daughters last night was amazing. I think we had close to 80 uh, folks packing out the gym, lots of cute pictures and, and daddy-daughter dances for the first time. It was, it was an awesome weekend. The gym transformed from a, a wart-looking thing to a beautiful uh, almost ballroom, and so that was a great thing. We're so glad that you're here today. We're glad that you're, you're in the Lord's house because today we're here to celebrate. We're here to celebrate that we were once dead but now we're alive. Woo! You got, you have one of those in you? Woo! All right. Now, I've been to some parties before where, to be honest, I just sat over in the corner with my little, uh, my little plates and dip and just kind of was an observer. This is not one of those parties. This is not one of those parties where you look back and you see people dancing on the, uh, when you're in eighth grade and you're afraid to get out on the dance floor, Okay. This is one of those parties where it's an active, participating thing, all right? Hopefully you've got noisemakers. Did we bring some noisemakers today? All right. Oh, nice. All right, now we need to practice, okay? We're going to have some awesome celebrations of baptism. When people come out of the water, what are we going to do? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. That was like weak sauce right there. I don't know if they say that in Boston, but it sounds like they do. Uh, that was weak sauce, all right? That was no good. That was bad barbecue sauce, all right? We need a little more, okay? Can you give me a little more? I see some of you are not used to this kind of thing in church. It's okay. It's okay, all right? No one's got cameras on you, all right? So uh, are you ready? Three, two, one. I like it. I like it. Now, here's the thing. We don't want to just celebrate when people are coming up. We're celebrating with people today, but this is also for us, too, because today is a day of, it's a day of renewal. It's a day of praise. And so today, maybe you're one of those people that have been a worshiper that kind of worships like this all your life, and you're like, when you get real excited, you're like this, you know, woo. Maybe today is a day you kind of cut loose, and you say thanks to God in a different way, maybe with the noisemaker maybe with a hand raised. Whatever God leads you to do today, today is a day of celebration. So as we get ready to worship, let's start this all off, because if we have a, a party without inviting the number one star, Jesus, it's not much of a party. So if you stand with me, and let's, let's start off with prayer, inviting his spirit to, to fill this place, and then we'll get the party started. God, you are so good to us. Words cannot put, they just don't put the right, right, like feeling on what well, we can't we can't describe it in the little words that we have, God, of what we feel about you and how we are so grateful for what you have done. We are so thankful. I think about who I was before I knew you. And now, oh God, thank you for what you've done for me. You've given me true identity. You have given us life. We were dead without you, Jesus. But because of your grace, because of your great mercy. We are alive in Christ today, and we are here to celebrate. We're here to give you the praise and you the glory because you deserve it, God. You are our Lord, and you are our King. Enter this sanctuary, Lord. Fill our hearts, God. Give us proper praise. Give us freedom. Give us forgiveness. Lord, give us your joy. We love you today, and we pray these things in your name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. 
Well, let, let me welcome you here today. And let me make a confession. And I love the Olympics. I love the Olympics. You guys know my passion for Disney and Duke basketball, and I'm telling you, this is right up there. I love the Olympics. Anybody else like the Olympics? There's just something about seeing people come together and the entire world kind of puts aside their difference for a little bit and we come together and we celebrate kind of the best in all of us. You know, this, this, this mentality of, I can do it, I can do it. Um, absolutely love it. Some of my favorite moments, uh, maybe are, are some of yours. Anybody remember 1996 when Carrie Strug with a sprained ankle, dun, 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 running down the field, boing, wham, sticks it with one foot, wins the gold. Amazing, absolutely amazing. I'm sure there are some of you here that also remember the 1980 U.S. hockey team. Stunned the world, a bunch of college knuckleheads beating the greatest teams the world has, maybe has ever seen. Just absolutely amazing. There's just something about the spirit of the Olympics that, that's just exciting to me. Um, and they don't all have to do with victories and gold medals. Some of the most memorable events actually are, are somewhat tragic. I think about um, the movie Cool Runnings and the story of the Jamaican bobsled team. Jamaica had a bobsled team. <laughs> and they went from being a joke to actually having the ride of their life and being on breakneck record pace till they hit a corner too hard, banked a little too high, and it was over. And even though they didn't do, in the movie, they picked up their 400-pound bobsled and walked across the line. They didn't actually pick it up and carry it, but it was amazing to see. They did. They all got up, they took off their helmets, and they were determined to walk across that finish line. I think of Derek Redman. Anybody remember him? He's the British runner. 1988. 90 seconds away from the 400 meter. 90 seconds. And he has to pull out because of his Achilles. Trains for four years, has seven surgeries over the course of four years, comes back 1992, wins his first heat easily, wins the, the quarterfinals easily, semifinals, makes it around the first bend, blows his hamstring. And there was something about seeing, I don't know if you remember this, to see Derek's dad burst through the security, run over and help his son hobble an entire lap around because Derek was determined, I'm going to finish this race. I mean, these are people that train sometimes up to 20 years for an event that will last maybe 20 seconds. That's dedication. 
That is all-out surrender. They've said, I am doing whatever it takes to make this happen. I think about the diet restrictions, the, the, the lessons before school, and then going straight after school and more lessons and trying to, to navigate through prom and church and friends and family and still trying to maintain this focus of I have one goal. I want to be an Olympian. And last uh, Friday, we saw about 2,000 people from around the world come in and walk in and represent their nation. But at the opening ceremony, it's almost like nations don't matter. We just celebrated these 2,000 people that had trained their whole life, and they were willing to put it all on the line. And there's something about it. I mean, 2,000 people. There are only 98 gold medals to go around. I mean, we've got silver and bronze, but still, that is a far cry. Many more will be going home without metal than will be going home with metal. And yet there's something magical about watching people give their all. Isn't it just amazing? Am I the only one that feels that way? I mean, it's just... It's riveting. That kind of commitment, it just demands our respect. It, it deserves it. it. I admire that. Today our passage is in Romans chapter 6, and Paul is talking to the church in Rome, and he's talking to them about a similar type of passion. It doesn't look like the Olympics, but... We're going to be talking about an all-out surrender today and giving everything we have to God. Just to set it up, this is the first letter Paul's written to a church that he didn't start. So he's writing to this church in Rome, and he's talking about this beautiful relationship that the Jews and the Gentiles are now to have in Christ. And in the previous chapter, chapter 5, we have these beautiful words God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right with, in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's judgment. For since we were restored to friendship with God by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be delivered from eternal punishment by his life. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful relationship with God. All because of what Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. And then he goes on to compare and contrast Adam and Christ. And you've got Adam that kind of brought sin into the human condition. And we've got Christ that gives us freedom from this sin. We've got Adam because of one man's sin all die. We've got Christ because of one man's obedience. All can live. And we have this beautiful comparison contrast. And then we get to chapter 6. And it's like Paul is saying, okay, in light of what God has done, in light of this relationship that you can have with God because of Jesus Christ and the work on the cross, because of this life that Christ wants to give you, Don't go on thinking that you can stay the same way you were. In chapter 6, 
Well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more kindness and forgiveness? Of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we became Christians, we were baptized to become one with Christ Jesus? We died with him. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Amen? Since we've been united with him in this death, we'll also be raised as he was. Our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that we might lose, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also share his new life. (laughs) We're sure of it because Christ rose from the dead and he'll never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. He died once to defeat sin and now he lives for the glory of God. So you should consider yourselves dead to sin and able to live for the glory of God through Christ Jesus. Here Paul is doing something revolutionary at the time. Up until this time, baptism was seen as identifying with the life of Christ. Even in other passages like Galatians and Ephesians, Paul is using this similar comparison. And yet in Romans, Paul kind of does the whole, what? Because he says, no, no, no. In baptism, we are joined in Christ's death. And when Paul's talking about death, he's he's linking together death and resurrection, the act that Christ did on the cross and God raising him from the dead. And so we are not linked just to the life of Christ because if we were merely linked to his life, then we have no hope. But by being linked to his death and resurrection, we have this hope within us that we will too live with Christ. I love the way Paul puts it. If you go back to the Greek, he uses a lot of co-language. It's like, it's not just you anymore, you're linked up with someone else. For example, in verse 3, he says we died with him. If you go back to the Greek, it's saying basically you are being co-buried with Christ. Christ died. You are to die alongside him. It's not a physical death per se, but you are to die nonetheless. Verse 5, if we die, we'll be united with him. It talks about this, it's this co-planting with him. We will be grown together in him. Verse 6, I'm crucified with Christ. I am co-crucified. Now, in the, in the Roman days, I feel like a lot of times we kind of lose that. We think, wow, that must have been terrible. Could you imagine, man, dying on a cross? That's horrific. But Paul is talking to Roman citizens that saw day in and day out the horror of crucifixion. 
And for Paul to say, I am calling you to an extreme measure of surrender, they would have understood this in a completely different way, much more seriously. I am co-crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It's Christ that lives in me. Verse 8, if we do this, we will share his new life. We will co-live with Christ. And that's what we celebrate in baptism. That if we choose to die to self and live for Christ, it's not us living anymore because the old self has died. It's Jesus living in me and I am alive in Christ because of the work that God did through Jesus on the cross. Are you with me? This is good stuff. So we are co-living with Christ. It's like Paul is saying, I'm drawing a line in the sand. This isn't just about, am I going to heaven anymore? You are called to something deeper. You are called to an extreme level of love to your God and Messiah. You are called to an extreme level of sacrifice to the point of crucifixion. You are called to an extreme level of growing and being planted. Just like Christ was obedient, we are to grow and be planted in that obedience to God the Father. And Paul is saying, you don't understand, you can't live in sin if you have died to sin. Those two are incompatible. So you are to live in Christ. That is your hope. To take on this life, you must surrender yours. You cannot both cohabitate you. Now, here's the great news, because that's kind of, it's like, wow, that's kind of a little heavier than I was expecting on a celebration where I have a kazoo. Here's the good news. Are you ready for it? When we take on this life, when we choose to live this kind of life, we are transformed. We are not just a better version of us. We are a new version of us because the new version of us isn't even us. It's Jesus Christ that lives in us. And Paul knew about transformation. I mean, you remember Saul. Saul on the road encountered Jesus. He didn't just go from being, we, a lot of times we think, oh, well, he was a bad Jew and then he became a good Christian. No, 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 no. They would have seen him as a good Jew because he was following the law. He was following the Torah. He was a good Jew. But when he encountered the saving Messiah, his life was transformed. And it was not about the law anymore. It was not about a list of things and my degrees and this and that. It's about I am 180% turning around and I am transformed into the likeness of Christ. And Paul is saying, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. There is hope for you today. You can be transformed. See, baptism doesn't end our mortality. What it does is it gives us a new morality. It gives us a new way to live because we are living in Christ now. 
It's not us. It's not our power, our will. It is Christ that lives in us. So today, we celebrate. We celebrate those that have said, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I have decided it is no longer good enough just to be the kind of person that says, God, forgive me. I don't want to die and not go to heaven. These people that are being baptized are saying, I want more. You have called me to more. And so the life I now live, I choose to live for Christ, in Christ, and through the power of Christ. Amen? So in a second, Matt's going to come. I'm going to ask him. He can go ahead and get ready. We are going to celebrate the baptism. Are you ready? Are you ready to celebrate? This is, this is good news. We are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. As the baptism people come up, before we do, I want to take a moment. Would you stand with me? Because it really comes down to choice. Have you decided to follow Jesus? And can we sing together with these people, alongside with them, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. As the band and praise team lead us, may that be your prayer today. I have decided to completely surrender to the life of Christ Jesus. I choose to die to myself. I cannot be good enough, but the love of Christ compels me. And the power of Christ can transform me. So I have decided today to live for Jesus. Amen? Let's celebrate and sing. You can be seated. Do 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 hot mic. Well, first up, we have uh, Mr. Bob Jones. Would you uh, check out his testimony on the video? When I was 13, when I saw I was first saved and baptized at the church, I served on the good Christian and the junk that changed. I drank. I was mean to my family. I was restless. Then I had a stroke. God made a bitter man out of me. He took away my anger. He showed me that he never stopped loving me. He has healed me spiritually. I am for faith in God. Jesus, my Savior, always. I want to talk about God all the time. Amen. Amen. What a great testimony. Mr. Bob, I have to tell you, when I heard that you're going to be baptized today, I've been, my heart's just uh, been warmed ever since I heard that. I'm so I'm so impressed with your courage today, and what a great story of transformation in your life. And uh, 
as you're, you're coming back here, I just want to remind you, as uh, there was a, a stroke about four years ago, I think four years ago this month, and uh, it might have taken away some of your abilities in your body, but it's not taken away your heart. And we are so thankful today for a heart that's been transformed. And so today, are you ready to celebrate, folks? All right, today... Let me ask you a question, Mr. Bob. Has God entered your heart? Has he transformed you? Has he set you free? Is he your Lord and Savior? Yes, he has. Amen. Amen. All right, well, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's good stuff right there. All right. Next up, we have uh, Miss Angela Ezernak. And here's her story. When I was first baptized, I was just a kid, probably six or seven. And I can honestly say that I didn't know why I did it back then. I just don't remember. I was so young, the only thing I could think of is that I did it because it's what you're supposed to do. At about 12 years old, our church closed down, and my family never found a new one. I always felt like I needed to go, though, and I would tag along with friends occasionally, always searching for the right fit. The church I grew up in was non-denominational, but all my friends' churches were different. I know I tried Baptist, Catholic, Lutheran, Mormon, and a few others, but still none felt right. When James and I got together, we both agreed that we would like to find a church— but our work schedules conflicted and we never did. Now I don't work and he has a Monday to Friday job, so we had no excuse anymore. It was time and we asked on Facebook for suggestions in the area. Some friends of ours go here and we tried and we figured why not give it a try. The first service, we knew it was right. I'm getting baptized now because I've made the decision to never go back to that searching that I did for so many years. I always felt like something was missing, and now it's back. What an, what an awesome privilege to, to baptize you today, Angela. As we were singing that song, it, you know, the words are pretty clear. It says, I have decided to follow Jesus. This Today, as, as you're in front of your family and friends, have you made that decision? Have you asked Jesus to come into your life? Awesome. Ready? Baptize you in the name of the Father, Son. Water level is going up right now. Uh, (laughs) 
What an awesome day, James. Uh, love, it's been a great privilege just to get to know you guys in the last couple of months and see your faces, and it's just, obviously, your face is a little higher than everyone else's face. And so it's just inspiring. It's, it's when I see you guys here and just see the way you worship and to see the way that you interact with people, I can tell what God's done in, in your life. Um, let me ask you, what's your story? How did you first come to know Jesus? Uh, when I was at vacation Bible school in Louisiana at my grandmother's house okay. and uh, gave my life to Jesus then. Probably younger than 10 years old. Wow. So, so why now? Why, why, why do you want to get baptized now? Always been searching for a place to call home and uh, have some great friends here that have shown us this church. And everybody's very loving and caring and we're just uh, really happy to be here and feel like it's the right place for us. Cool. Well, let me ask you this question. Has, has Jesus made a home in your life? Have you, have you given your whole heart and your life over to him? Awesome. Well, with that being said, it's my privilege to baptize you, James, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Uh, next up, we have uh, Mr. Robbie Garza. Check out his uh, video testimony. My name is Robbie, and I've been baptized before. It was because other people were doing it, and it wasn't really my decision to do it. I was just going along with the flow. But today, I decided to do it for, for me and, for, uh, for, and to get closer with Jesus. Baptism to me, in my mind, is uh, all about uh, a restart, refresh, rebirth for uh, following Jesus in a better way. You know, it was the death of the old me and uh, the birth of a somebody who loves Jesus. You know, I have a lot of friends that influence me. You know, from from church and from school. I had two different sizes. I had to keep on choosing which one to choose uh, three years ago. And I guess I've chosen, you know, the school side, but today I decided to be on my church side. They're the, they're the best one I can think of now. They're going to be my real family. I think from now on, you'll see myself as someone brand new, you know, who has a, a bad background, as you could say. But uh, you'll see uh, a changed man in him, you know. for that right now. No thing like being baptized is a good thing because I get to be like I get to be like my dad. You know, someone who loved loved God with all his heart. Robbie, you talked about 
about being brand new and, and this being a, a fresh start. And that's what exactly what baptism is. As we enter this water, the symbol of being your old life being gone, as you, as you come out, you're starting this brand new life. So that's why I'm going to ask you today, Robbie, have you given your whole life over to you in front of your friends and family? Is he your Lord and Savior today? Yes, he is. Well, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next up, we have uh, Juan Moreno. We're going to hear his testimony. My life before becoming a Christian was completely meaningless. I was moving towards a path of destruction, withholding unnecessary deep pain, constantly expressing anger. Life for me wasn't life at all. During a time of despair, my hardships, fights, and hatred, I urgently needed a savior. Around the summertime of 2011, I was 15 years old, and I was encountered by a sudden rush of immense amounts of love, peace, and grace. The Lord spoke as he instructed me to a mission, the same mission that we all are in, mainly through music, prayer, and faith. I had a reconciliation with myself, which later led me to realize that Christ is life. Ever since then, I've chosen Christ over anything else. Evidently, my life today hasn't changed economically physically or possession-wise, but most importantly, mentally and spiritually. I can be free now, I can be myself, and I can stand for something. Today I'm getting baptized, today I'm officially becoming a Christian, today as I get bathed with holy water, blessed with joy and overwhelmed by love, I can proudly say I am alive again, amen. Great testimony, buddy. Today, in front of uh, our church family and in front of your family, I'm going to ask you, is the Lord the Lord of your life, of your heart, of everything, your, your body, soul, mind, and strength? Fantastic. I baptize you today, JP, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're going to celebrate some more. We're going to have some more baptisms a little later. Today, you know what, if you're, as you're sitting here and you're celebrating, you're hearing the word of God, maybe you're saying, you know what, today's the day for me. I've given my life to God and I want to get baptized today. If that's you today, hey, today's the day. You can go outside in the lobby. We're going to meet you out there. We've got an awesome t-shirt for you and uh, you can come today and declare before the Lord who, who you belong to. Let's continue. Hello, my name is Scott Evans. I uh, wanted to share a story of a time of my life when God overcame. A little over a decade ago, um, my life was, was empty. I was out chasing things and going to places that TV and music 
and that the world told me that I needed to be satisfied. I was doing things with my friends that told me that would make me feel amazing um, on top of the world. These things turn from monthly things to weekly things to daily things. And next thing I know, I was, I was a slave to the world. I was a slave to filling this empty pit in my heart with things that were destroying me. In the spring of 2007, God did an amazing thing, and he revealed himself to me. And he broke my chains and set me free. He overcame. Hi, my name is Miriam Rivera. I, um, I have to thank God for everything he's done for me. I was raised in the church, but that is not your fail-safe for being saved. You have to have a personal relationship with God. I'm not supposed to preach, I was told. I have, <laughs> but I was raised in the church. I, I knew all the scriptures. I knew the way. I knew the truth. I knew the life. And then when I became a teenager, I decided I didn't want the, that way. I didn't want that truth, and I didn't want that life. And I turned, I ran away from home. I was a runaway. I was in drugs. I was in alcohol. I thank God I am, I am still here because at that time, acid was really big. So <laughs> I tripped plenty, flashbacks, plenty. But God saved me. God saved me. And only because of his grace, only because he overcame on the cross. When he was on the cross, he put all my sins, all my failures, he nailed them to the cross with him when I accepted him as my savior. And he saved me. And he gave me a brand new life, a brand new life, only because my Lord overcame and because I trusted in him. And I gave him my life, and I decided I can't live the way I was living. I had to live the way God wanted me to live. We have a guide. We have our Bible. We have our pastors. We have worship, hallelujah, that brings us closer to God than we could ever be. And I thank God. I thank God for my church family. I thank God for the family that he's given me. I thank God for a mother that never got off of her knees every morning, six o'clock in the morning. She was on her knees praying for me, for me. And I thank God for that. Our prayers are listened to. Our prayers are heard. And I thank God that he heard my mom's prayers.
open my heart to him. Because Jesus overcame, I'm able to experience awesome forgiveness, grace, and peace from knowing and loving our amazing God. My name is Michael Kreider, and uh, I wasn't really raised in the church, and we were the holiday Christians. We only went on Easter and Christmas, and that was really about it. Um, went to college, didn't have God in my life. I didn't care about God at that time. Tired of really thinking about it. Didn't care to debate about it for believers and non-believers. Just didn't really care. Um, series of events happened when I ran away from Texas and went to Florida, try to get away from family problems. Um, I couldn't deny it. There's way too much coincidence to, 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 be, to be in question anymore. I knew there was a God. That's when the seed was planted. It really wasn't until after we got married, my wife and I, um, that I learned to step out in faith, and it wasn't by choice. There were some events happening in our life, some hardships happening in our life. Doors were closing. We had financial issues. The only door that was left was God's door, saying, walk through this door. So we went through it, not by choice, but it was the only one, only option we had left. And thank God for that. Thank God for this church. Thank God for the relationships and accountability and, and, um, and, and, and this church that, that gave, gave me the opportunity to learn what it's like to walk with God. And my life and my family's life will forever be changed. So thank God for that. long, but I don't want to miss a perfect opportunity. There may be someone here that says, I hear about this Jesus. I'm starting to see how he can change my life forever, and I've never experienced this. Today could be your day. Today, you could begin to have new life in Christ. If that is something that you would like, we would love to pray with you. And so I'm just going to, right now, give a blanket statement for everyone in here. If at any time for the rest of this service, you want to come down to the altar and pray, that's the time to do it. We'll keep doing our thing. If you need to pray, Come down and pray, and we will have people come down and talk with you and pray with you. We want to help you come to know this Jesus that has changed our lives. There may also be some of us that say, you know what? I was baptized, and I feel like my life was changed. I had this real experience with God, and then over time, when I look back, I notice that Things have kind of changed, and I've kind of fallen back into that old routine and those old habits. And where I once was different, now I'm kind of back in my old patterns. Have you ever felt that way? You know, Paul addresses this um, 
in Romans 6. It also reminds me of um, the theologian Karl Barth was preaching. Uh, it was 1959, and, and they had just found these two Japanese soldiers in the Philippines. 14 years after World War II had finished, they had no clue the war was over. And when they were told, they had a hard time changing. They just couldn't see life any differently. They couldn't remember what life was like before they were a soldier. They couldn't remember what it was like to not be in those trenches. And maybe that's how some of us feel today. There was a time it was real, and yet now I feel like I'm stuck in these trenches and like I'm caught in a cycle I can't break out of. Paul continues in chapter 6. Don't let sin control the way you live. Do not give over to lustful desires. Don't let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Instead, give yourself completely to God since you've been given new life and use your whole body as a tool to do what's right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master for you're no longer subject to the law which enslaves you to sin. Instead, you're free by the grace of God. So if sin, if if, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does it mean that we go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that whatever you choose to obey becomes your master? Let me read that again. Whatever you choose to obey becomes your master. You can choose sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God and receive his approval. Thank God once you were slaves of sin, but now you've obeyed with all your heart. The new teaching God has given you. Now you're free from sin, your old master. And you've become slaves to your new master, which is righteousness. See, what Paul's getting at is one simple question. It really comes down to who controls you? See, Paul's convinced, and I have to agree with him, that we were never created to be autonomous. We were never created to be the Lord of our own lives. We were created to serve. We were created to love and serve our God, and yet too many times we let sin become our master instead of letting righteousness and Jesus Christ rule our lives. So we can choose death or we can choose light. See, this, in my opinion, is one of the boldest statements in all of the Bible because what Paul is saying is not only can you be free from sin, but you can become pure and you can become free from sinning. Now, the old timers, we would call that being sanctified. But really, what that's, a big, that's just a big term that says you're being set apart for a holy purpose. You choose to say, God, I trust that you have a plan for me, and I choose to live into that holy purpose that you have for my life. 
Set me apart. Make me holy. It's like the Wesley hymn that says, take away my bent to sinning. And we believe, and Paul preaches, that not only can you be saved from your sin today, but God can transform your life so that each and every day you are more and more like the image of Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. We have hope. We can be changed. We can be transformed. All we have to do is choose to obey. You know, Jen and I, when we go to weddings, we have this little ritual. I don't even know how it came about. I don't even know if she thinks about it that much. I don't, I don't know that I think about it that much. But when we're sitting there, and the couple's up here, and they're renewing their vows, and they say, do you, do you, do you, do I do. I usually squeeze Jen's hand. It's almost like I'm saying, hey, I still do. I am recommitting right now that what they're doing up there it's still true in my life. And then when the girl does it, Jen squeezes my hand. And we had this moment of recommitment. The beautiful thing is, if you don't know Jesus, you can know him. If you've experienced his changing power and somehow you've gotten off track, you can be renewed today. And as we baptize more people, you can say, God, may it be so, just as those people are going under, I recommit myself to die. Just as they're being raised up, I recommit myself to you so that you can live through me, transform me, change me, make me more like you each and every day. I want to be holy I want to be set apart. I don't want to live for me anymore. Living for me is a bunch of garbage. I want to live for you. You can make that commitment today. And if you're sitting here and you're saying, "Woo, it's real. I got it. Praise the Lord. You can still confirm that it is still real. So Michelle's going to come up. We've got another video testimony by Suzanne, and they're going to set up. But this is our time to continue the celebration. Are you with me? I encourage you to recommit. Let me pray for us right now. Father, thank you for your church. Thank you for those that have been baptized into your name today. Thank you that we can renew our commitment to you even as we watch these people commit themselves. We can participate. May we celebrate with them as they confess their desires to live for you. Keep us all faithful to our baptism. And may we learn to daily grow more and more into your image until that day when you will restore all of your creation and make all things new. Amen. Well, right now we're going to continue the celebration with three more baptisms. Hi, I'm Suzanne Jones. I was Sorry, I wanted to tell you that it is not uh, too late to get baptized, as they've reiterated. Matt told you that there was t-shirts available, but we also have clothes, brand new clothes that we bought. <laughs> That's important to know, brand new clothes. Um, so they've never been worn, undergarments, un unmentionables, everything that you would need to get baptized. If you want to get baptized today, today is the day. We have all that you need. So, Come on, Suzanne. Hi, I'm Suzanne Jones. I was dedicated to the Lord by my Nazarene pastor, grandfather, and I accepted Jesus as my Savior and was baptized when I was seven. 
as a young child, I was a pretty good Christian, but as I got older, um, I wasn't such a good Christian. I decided to do it my way, to not follow God. Even though I loved Him, I believed Him, I had total faith in Him, I still wanted to go my own way. And it always wasn't pretty. Four years ago, my husband had a stroke and it shattered our lives. I know that God never stopped loving me. I know he never left me. And when I turned my eyes to him again, he was waiting for me with open arms. He brought into my life a group of ladies in the neighborhood through Bible study that have helped me grow tremendously in my faith and love to God. And without that daily Bible study, I would again be lost. God has filled my life with the Holy Spirit and there is no more room for the irrelevant things of the world. There's no room for that negative nature that was there before. There's no room for the old me. And that reminds me of one of my favorite songs. I am redeemed. I am no longer the person I used to be. God has also put onto my heart a verse from Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever imagine. He has done miracles in my life. He has answered prayers in my life that I could never imagine. He's taught me to pray big and to not forget the little things. Bob's stroke used to define our life, and now it's only a part of our life. God is what defines our life. I'm no longer satisfied with just being a pew warmer. I want to be in the game for God.
have known your family since before you were born. I remember the very first day your parents came to church and seeking for for God, and they have found him, and I have watched your family be transformed, and I have watched you and your sisters grow up, and I love the faith that you have at such a young age. You said up there that, um, that you accepted Jesus into your heart and that he died for your sins. Do you believe that? You do? And I know that God has great things and great plans for your life, and I am so excited to get to baptize you. Hold on some more material. Sam, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hi, my name is Evie. I want to get baptized to take the next step, step in being a Christian. Last month or so, I was praying to God because I was going through a hard time. And that night, I felt that He was there and He was actually listening and that I could actually communicate with Him. Baptism means that after you get baptized, you get a new start. All your past is forgotten and you get a fresh, clean slate. The most influential person in my life would be my grandfather. He has always been the best Christian in my eyes. And every morning when um, I would wake up, he would be sitting on the couch reading his Bible and having prayer time with God. And I just felt like I wanted that. Well, I've grown up in the church all my life. And it wasn't until recently that I actually had that connection with God and that relationship and I'm excited to where it's going to take me. Evie, I've watched you grow up from a shy little girl to a not so shy, but still a little bit shy, uh, beautiful young woman. And I have seen your spiritual growth and I know that your parents have seen your spiritual growth and um, I'm so excited to baptize you today in front of your friends and your family and your church family, have you asked the Lord to be Savior of your life? Evie, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next, we have Marilyn Schaefer. She's coming now to be baptized. You can listen to her testimony. Growing up, my parents gave me everything I ever wished for because my brother and sister were ill with cystic fibrosis. I was kept busy because they did not have time for a well child. My heart was lonely. I was not included in my brother and sister's care, so I learned no kindness, compassion, or love of others. I became hard-hearted. I did not know God at all. I could count on one hand the number of times I had been to church. That sad day arrived when my brother and sister passed away and my family drifted apart. We all lived in the same house, but no one spoke and no one helped the other. We just existed. Blame set in and the war zone began between my parents. 
I was unskilled at giving love, caring, or giving attention to anyone, yet I needed to talk to someone. A girlfriend invited me to go to her church, and while there, the Lord spoke to me for the very first time. I was almost 18. God listened and led me to help my parents to seek professional help and reunite. Our family joined back together in a different way this time. We learned the importance of God's presence in our life and how to care for each other's needs. After the reconciliation of my family, I married and became a mother and learned about love, care, and concern for others. It was a marriage that did not include a Christian life, but I became driven to help no matter what. I volunteered everywhere I could and gave freely of myself and my time to everyone and taught the same to my children. After 34 years of marriage, I was turned in for a new model, and it was at that moment I thought the Lord had forsaken me. I had been good, helped others, and done everything that I thought was right for everyone but me. That's when God showed me what I needed in my life. It was the one thing I never expected. I needed a strong, loving arm to hold who was a Christian and could help lead me down the right path to God. Five years later, I found that strong leader on Match.com. We met and fell in love at first sight. We both loved the Lord and shared many of the same struggles in the early years. We together asked the Lord for guidance and were married 12 weeks later. We are now both happy in Christ and in, and in each other, walking hand in hand down the path to a better life. Today we have chosen to be baptized and celebrate the death and resurrection, continuing together our journey with Christ. Amen. What a cool story. I love to hear people's stories and where God has taken you and where he is now. And so today, Miss Marilyn, I ask you, is the, the Lord, is he Lord of your life and your heart and in front of your friends and family? Is he your Savior? My Savior. Amen. My well, family, my, my, my world now. <laughs> Amen. That's fantastic. Well, today I have the privilege then, Marilyn, to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Next, we have Marilyn's husband, Rich. My name is Rich Shaper, and I'm here today to feel the glory of baptism. I had turned my back on the Lord when I was young because I felt that my prayers were never answered for my mother, who was in pain up to the day she went home to the Lord. But as life went along, the Lord never gave up on me. Situations and things were happening that were more than just a coincidence. I started back to church, began fellowshipping with other Christians, and accepted the Lord back into my life. As I, as I continued to help and give to people less fortunate than me, I felt the Lord was watching me. The Lord put a Christian lady in my life, and we have become soulmates through marriage. The Lord has opened a door for both of us to succeed in life and still be able to help others. I have been waiting for the right time in the right church to be baptized. I started at this church years ago, and now I have come back because I feel the presence of the Lord is here. This is very important to me, my wife, Marilyn, and to my children, Shannon, Denise, Brock, and Corbin. Okay, let's do this. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I like that. That was a good image. <laughs> I like that. I love that our God does not give up on us. 
and you said that. Yeah. He said he's not. He's a guy that doesn't give up on us, right. and he changes us. Rich, has God changed your heart? He has. Amen. Well, that's awesome to hear. Well, today, Rich, I had the privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son. As we continue to celebrate this morning with one more song, as we celebrate our identity in Christ, I have to tell you, this day is a memorable day for these, these folks that have been baptized, but I also know that we have a very real enemy that wants to attack in moments like this. And so would you join me in prayer, especially in the next few weeks, that God would, would encourage, would strengthen, would be there when they feel the weakest. And that's my prayer and my hope for us as a community as well. Let's celebrate who we are, that we are children of the one true king this morning. What a great celebration it has been, amen? I love hearing the testimonies about how God has changed lives. And I know that every body that confesses him as Lord and Savior has a story. So don't be afraid to share yours this week with somebody. It's good to be a child of the one true king. A couple of announcements. Right after service in room 105 and 106, there is an RTA meeting for the sophomores in high school room 105, 106. And then February 23rd is membership lunch. If you have any interest in becoming of a member, we would um, love to have you. So you can sign up on the information table out there or um, give us and uh, tell any of the pastors or email Mary. So thanks for coming to celebrate us with us, David. 105, 106. Anybody that's going to winter retreat, students and adults, literally a five, the quickest meeting you've ever been in. So 105, 106. Winter retreats, and then afterwards is the RTA meeting. It's okay. What's that? All right. Cupcakes. I don't know if you like uh, parties with food, but we have food at this party. There are cupcakes on your way out. Eat them. Enjoy them. Glad that you're here. Let's celebrate what the Lord has done all day long. Have a great Sunday. Sunday.